0: Hello and welcome to the Cat Master Day Chronicles. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from cat owners about well-being. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, the founder of Chatty Cats Care, a professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with cat owners about their individual journeys. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. This episode is brought to you by Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Hello and welcome to the Cat Mass Day Chronicles episode 31. This week we are joined by an inspirational woman called Jessica Newman. She is a model, scalp advocate and enthusiast and cat lover. At age 14, Jessica was diagnosed with alopecia areata, an autoimmune disease that causes hair loss in some or all parts of the body. Jessica found it incredibly hard to cover up the hair loss patches at age 17. So she did a very brave thing and shaved off all of her hair on her head. She looks absolutely stunning by the way, guys. I think anyone who has had a chance to look at Jessica's Instagram account would agree and no doubt the reason why she was signed by Zebedee Talent Agency. Jessica lives next to a farm in Mersey, Essex with her mum and stepdad and they have a beautiful ginger cat called Scrappy. I can't wait to hear all about Jessica and Scrappy. So without further ado, thank you so much for joining us today, Jessica. I've already explained a little bit about you, but if you could please tell the listeners a little bit more about
1: yourself, that would be amazing. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, So yeah, I'm 25, live on Mersey in Essex. Um, I'm currently a platform administrator for an investment and pension company. Um, Obviously, we're all working from home at the minute, so... It's not the most exciting job, but I'm sure everybody's feeling that. (laughs) Um, I still live with my mum and my stepdad, but I am saving as hard as I can to move out. Um, I would say I'm quite a sociable person, so lockdown 3.0 has hit me quite hard. I'm usually loving seeing my friends and stuff like that, but I'm just trying to keep fit and keep working, keep focusing on my Instagram and things like that just to keep me entertained. Yeah this uh this lockdown 3.0 has just been like I think it's harder
0: than The lockdown we had previously because it's just not it's the not knowing it's not knowing when things are going to go back to normal and it's just it's really hard because like you I'm a really social person and I love seeing my friends so um yeah but it's good I guess the flip side is you can focus on things like Instagram and getting fit I've been eating a lot healthier during this lockdown as well so um yeah definitely a plus side to that. (laughs) <laughs> so let's kick things off by getting some more insight into alopecia because it's a part of who you are and it's shaped your journey of you know where you are today. So can you tell us a little bit more about how it first started?
1: Yeah so when I was 14 um, I started getting patches in one of my eyebrows um and then one of my eyebrows completely fell out so I went to the doctors um, and they were like oh it could be it could be puberty we're not really too sure like um basically be the healthiest version of yourself and just keep doing what you're doing like it should come back um and then my other eyebrow fell out and then my hair started to fall out so at this point I went to a private dermatologist and they basically they and did a lot of like blood tests and stuff to check that you don't have an underactive thyroid or low iron which can also cause hair loss Um, and they gave me steroids to put on my eyebrows and my bald patches and like tingling shampoo to see if they could shock the hair follicles into coming back and it was quite a slow process so by the age of about 17 I'd say and I couldn't really cover my bald patches anymore so my hair had receded quite a lot and I didn't really have like a fringe or a parting at the front Um, and there was a lot of ball patches at the back and the dermatologist just said it's it's my alopecia was caused by stress Um, and not that I felt stressed at the time but they said it's the way my body was reacting it was eating its own hair follicles so they said looking in the mirror every day and like seeing your hair falling out is probably stressing you out more Um, and so they advised me that if I felt comfortable to shave my hair off and start or not even shave my hair off just start wearing wigs Um, But wigs can be quite uncomfortable when you've got hair underneath. So I went to the hairdressers with my mum and decided to shave the remainder of my hair off and then started wearing wigs. And then when I was 19, my eyelashes fell out. So, yeah, now I don't have any hair anywhere apart from my armpits. (laughs) Very annoying.
0: (laughs) I know, I can imagine. Oh my goodness. So it actually started with stress. Is that what happened? Yeah.
1: Um Okay. Yeah, so there was just like some points in my life where m- maybe I didn't really feel stressed that yeah. I remember like, sitting there thinking, I feel fine about everything that's happened, like I'm I'm fine. But it was just the way my body was reacting to it. And I'm quite I'm quite as stressed in the in the fact that like I always like to be early, I'm quite organised, I'm quite mm. tidy, like but I wouldn't say like major things stress me out I think it's just little silly things that stress me out so it was quite frustrating that I didn't feel stressed myself but my hair but my body felt stressed enough to make my hair fall out
0: yeah wow I'd never would have imagined that I had no idea so that's really interesting actually thank you for sharing that um, so I was quite surprised to learn that your doctor couldn't really determine what your hair lo- loss was at the beginning, surely with like one in 500 people affected by alopecia in the UK, I figured it would have been quite a straightforward diagnosis, but it took several appointments until you, until you actually got the referral, um, that must have been quite draining in itself. Why do you think this is such an issue?
1: Well, I think because mine was obviously 11 years ago now, I didn't know one other person with alopecia. I didn't know mm-hmm. what alopecia was. I think alopecia awareness and, like, knowing what alopecia is has come a really, really long way. Obviously, mm-hmm. a doctor should know because they're a doctor, but um, I'm not really too sure, if I'm honest. I think I think where it started on my eyebrows, and it was it was kind of the, the stage where boys were, like, cutting slits in their eyebrows to be cool. Do you remember that stage? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and I think they probably just thought like what is this girl doing because it it didn't look um like some girls wake up and all their hair's on their pillow whereas mm. mine was very very gradual so it, maybe it just didn't look like it was going to be alopecia or maybe they thought it was going to go back um but that's why we decided to go privately in the end because my local doctors just weren't really they were like stop. Like by this point, I was like 15, 16, going out with my friends, like stop drinking, stop doing this, stop doing that and try and be as healthy as you can. But when you're that age, like, you want to have a glass of wine with your friends or you want to yeah. like go to a house party or whatever and have fun. And yeah, they weren't very helpful. The dermatologist was really good. Um, but I think nowadays, if somebody was to go to the doctors and say this, then they would probably that I would like to think that's the first thing they'd think of. Mm. Um, but yeah 10 years ago I, I didn't know anything about alopecia either to be fair
0: okay yeah well I'm glad that you know it's coming to light now and more people are really understanding it because it must have been quite frustrating um, at the time for you and I guess many other people who may have had you know a similar experience
1: yeah I think it was really frustrating for my mum as well because mm. she didn't do anything and she was trying to do everything she could but the doctors weren't playing games so yeah, yeah my, it must be really frustrating, especially like younger girls. I was 14, but I know some girls have like lost their hair younger than that. So, yeah, it's a really scary experience for people, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. So you were 14 at the time of getting your diagnosis. Um, and some might say at, at that age, at the beginning, it's most difficult times because you're still a teen going through puberty and maybe finding yourself, as they say, What were some of the feelings going through your mind when you finally kind of got the diagnosis? Did you fully understand what it was or did you go home and like do some of your own research?
1: Um, So I'd probably say it took maybe a year or two to fully, then say 100% it's alopecia. Mm. Uh, But yeah, it was quite um, a lonely feeling because I didn't know anyone else. Um, I didn't really know anything about it and I was like, I was trying to look on social media, but there was just nobody really to look up to as such, whereas now there's quite a few people. Yeah. Um, it was quite a, frustrating, a sh- frustrating feeling. And then when they're saying that it's stress and you're trying not to stress out about the fact that you've got alopecia even more, um, it's just annoying to know that it's you that's actually causing your hair to fall out as such because it's the way your body's reacting. It's not like you've eaten something and you can blame it on an allergic reaction or something yeah. like that, is actually you're doing it yourself and you have to calm yourself down and things like that so yeah I did do a bit of research um and I actually when I went to go and buy my first wig the lady gave me a number of this other lady um, my age who goes there so I after about a year I I started speaking to this lady and she was the first girl that I've ever met well, not met but spoke to her um over Facebook and stuff with alopecia and now I've met her in real life ten years oh, later. okay. Yeah, like there there was um points where people were really, really helpful. But yeah, to begin with, it was it was just quite scary um and quite lonely because you just don't have anyone else in the same situation as you at the beginning.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that. Um So when you started to lose more of the hair on your head and patches were forming, I guess it was quite impossible to cover. And like you mentioned, you did the brave thing of um, taking to the clippers and shaving off your hair, which looks stunning by the way. Um, what was that like when you first did it? Like the thought that kind of goes through my mind is like, would it suit me? Or did you just kind of have in mind that you were just going to wear wigs? Did you ever think, OK, I maybe I just don't want to wear a wig and I'm just going to rock, you know, the bald no, look?
1: I never thought that. <laughs> really <laughs> yeah I've done like quite a lot of talking about my alopecia now since like coming out on Instagram and yeah people always ask me how I feel and I I always like imagine how I would have felt because I'm one of them people that I tend to like block things out so mm. all them things now I've just pushed to the bottom and tried to, and like can't really remember if that makes sense because yeah. I don't know why I just think that's how my body copes with it but I definitely remember thinking I would never, I would never leave the house bored. I remember shaving my hair off and getting my first wig and wigs are quite expensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we went for synthetic first while I was getting used to it. And I, um, I used to have a part-time job on Mersey at the, um, Oyster Bar, which is a fish and chip, like well-known restaurant. Mm. So because it's old seafood, you can imagine the smell in there. So my wigs used to smell of seafood all the time. So I used to have to wear synthetic wigs, but they weren't very realistic. And I remember just crying and crying, saying I didn't want to go to college. I didn't want to go to work. And I wore a beanie, I remember, for like the first three months and it was summer but I was wearing a beanie Uh. I was I was so paranoid that people like weren't looking at me in the eyes they were looking at my my hair and like even if somebody said oh your hair looks really nice I'd be like oh god why have they said that they know like Mm. it was it was quite a paranoid paranoid feeling because there's something just sitting on your head all day and when you're not used to that yeah I'm quite worried now, coming out of lockdown, having to wear a wig all the time because I haven't been wearing a wig all the time. And it is something you have to adjust to, definitely, I think. Um, But yeah, shaving my hair off was the best thing I could have done. But I didn't show anybody my head for a long, long time. My mum, obviously, but nobody else. (laughs)
0: Yeah, now I can imagine. Like when you're saying that, I'm thinking, like I'm trying to put myself in your shoes as well. And I'm thinking I would probably be exactly the same as you to be fair um
1: because I'm found, very much like that I found it really hard to because I didn't have my eyebrows tattooed on or anything so mm. I fu- I think obviously people mistake alopecia a lot for having cancer yeah and I think the difference is like when you have eyebrows and stuff it you don't I'm not <laughs> don't mean it to sound in a horrible way but you almost then look like you've got alopecia and not cancer yeah so when where I didn't have my eyebrows tattooed on, I just had nothing on my face. I found it really hard to like look in the mirror and I just I looked like a completely different person. Like, eyebrows really, really changed the way you look. Um and then to shave my hair off, I really, really struggled with that for a long time.
0: Mm, I can imagine. Um, you mentioned off air that your brother and sister live in Australia, um, which must be lovely to go over there and visit them. I saw your post on Instagram um, and you were talking about feeling quite self-conscious when walking along the beach and hearing people making their little niggling comments, which is, I think is absolutely pathetic. Um, but if someone is listening to this and experience it, have experienced or currently experiencing the same thing um, that you did, What advice would you give to them?
1: Um, I definitely, my first bit of advice would definitely be to leave the house with somebody that makes you feel comfortable and confident. Mm. If you're going to leave the house with somebody that doesn't make you feel like that, you're already, you're already losing, you know. You need to leave the house with somebody that you know, like, has got your back and makes you feel your best self um, secondly, I'd think don't look for it like I remember mm. I went to Sydney my where my brother lives, and my sister lives in the Gold Coast, and Sydney was very much like London, like nobody looked at me like there was tons of different people, like everybody there was so much like just so many different people around
0: yeah.
1: which was great, and then you go to the Gold Coast, and everybody's like stick thin, beautiful, like I didn't see one like person with no hair, one person with a disability, nothing, oh wow. Um, so I stood out like an absolute sore thumb. But I knew that and I was looking for people to be looking at me. Yeah. So I don't if you see somebody like now, I'm in much better place. If I see somebody staring at me, I just stare at them back. Make them feel awkward. They're a horrible person for doing that to you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But on the flip side, I think if you did if you see something that's a little bit not the norm, of course you're gonna look. But just look and look away yeah you You don't have to make it a big thing you don't have to make the other person feel horrible so yeah definitely don't look for it um maybe take your wig with you um if you are if you're going out bald this is just so that if it does get a bit too much or maybe a headscarf I always take a beanie in my bag wherever I go um just so that if it does get a bit much you can just put that on until you calm down and then maybe try again um but yeah, if people are looking at you when you're wearing a wig, they're probably looking at you thinking you've got the most amazing hair. How has she got the most amazing hair? You know, because wigs look so good these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're probably just looking at you with jealousy. But it is really hard, and I, I, I know it sounds horrible. But I'm really happy. I'm past that stage, and I really yeah. feel for the people that are still in that stage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just it's so brave to do to to go out in a wig or without a wig to be honest so they just need to remember that you've got this you know you've already done the first step by trying trying and basically putting yourself out there so you're already smashing it exactly it's
0: (laughs) it's so so much to do with confidence
1: isn't it and like how
0: you feel about yourself within and how you kind of perceive everyone around you um when would you say for you that you really started to kind of embrace and accept that this is who you are
1: um I would say March last year (laughs) okay yeah um so like when I first lost my hair I didn't I didn't show anybody um other than my parents like I know a lot of girls that wear their wigs at home but I'm one of them people like you know when you've had a long day and you whip your bra off oh yeah that's what I'm like with my week. <laughs> I don't wear brows anymore. Do we? So <laughs> Yeah, I'm like I never wear my week at home. So, but I never really show anyone. Um, and then as I started to get boyfriends and stuff, I'd show them and I show my best friends. Um, but March was really the time that I started to, I started to post on Instagram. Um, and then September, I did Alopecia UK raise awareness. Um, I raised over a thousand pounds for them wow um, so it was like their 15th birthday and you ha- had to do a challenge including the number 15 so okay. I went I went to 15 different places completely bald bearing in mind before that I'd only been to my post office bald um so that was a massive thing and I took my best friend um she's like my number one fan and took my mum mm-hmm. as well my my number one fan so yeah it um it was yeah only last year actually. So it does take a while. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're there it's just you just it's just like a weight off your shoulders. Yeah, you
0: know? I can imagine. It's freeing. It must be so yeah. freeing to just feel like you don't have to do that anymore.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's it's empowering. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a really nice feeling.
0: Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um and was that when when did you start your Instagram account because um I think you mentioned maybe during the first lockdown in London that's when you started to kind of post some of your photos and and um, pictures and share things about your alopecia and you on Instagram what did that feel like to like start putting out photos and stuff
1: um well March March last year was when we went into lockdown and it was Easter that I remember posting my first post because I said eating lots of Easter eggs, looking like an egg. It's <laughs> <That's laughs> a funny one. Yeah. Um, and my thought process was just, like Boris has said, we're going to be in a lockdown for at least three months. So if people see me bored on social media, they've got three months to process that, get over it, and then I can go out and not feel paranoid about it. Um, And I posted it and I had such positive feedback Um, I met so many girls with alopecia. I'm on a WhatsApp group now with about 90 other girls who have alopecia. Wow. I took part in quite a lot of videos that like other alopecia girls were doing on their YouTube channel about like advice and wigs and things like that. And so it just opened like a huge door for me. Um, And I just thought I'm going to roll with it, see where it goes. Um, and I think I went from like, cause I always had Instagram. I think I went from about 500 followers and I've now got like nearly 6,000 and a half. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a really nice feeling. I do find it a little bit, um, I keep forgetting that we have basically been in a lockdown since I did that. Like life hasn't been normal. So when life does go back to normal, um, I don't know whether I'd go out partying board and things like that, or go to the pub board. Um, but I definitely think I'm going in the right direction. Yeah. Because posting things on social media, as silly as it sounds like, six six and 6,500 people have seen me bought now. But going to my local Tesco's, I'd still get anxiety about it. Yeah. Which is so strange. But posting things compared to real life, I think is just totally different. So, yeah, I'm definitely like 80% there. 100%, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> with Instagram, it's different. Like, you, I mean... People see it, but you don't have to see them. And yeah. I think when you see people in person, it's a completely different experience. Yeah. 100%. So, yeah, but like you said, it sounds like you're heading, you know, in the right direction and you're 80% there. So, you know, and, you know, your best friend and your mum sounds so supportive as well. And like you mentioned, it's so important to have those kind of supportive and caring people around you, because then you feel like you're not just doing it alone, that other people are with you yeah.
1: doing it they have to be um they have to be quite patient I remember when I was doing the 15 different places I was like to my mum tonight we'll go to the beach yeah because I live right near the beach and um I was like I'll just go get ready so like 45 minutes later I've literally ripped my wardrobe out and I'm like (laughs) I'm not going I can't find anything to wear I look silly bald I look this and my mum has to be like if you don't want to go we won't go but you look beautiful you know like yeah so some days are uh, I'll be a bit of a drama queen about it, let's put it like that. And (laughs) other days I'll rock it. So, yeah, they have to be patient, bless them. But, yeah, I've got really good support bubble, which definitely
0: helps. Definitely. So, yeah, since starting your Instagram, it's led to some pretty, like, cool and amazing things, such as <laughs> appearing on Channel 4 Steph's Packed Lunch, um, getting a model contract with Zebedee Modelling Agency. Did you have any idea at all that this would come out of starting your account? And
1: what was this like for you? No, I didn't. Um, I didn't at all, to be honest. I didn't even think I'd um, I'd gain that many followers for it because I just didn't think... I know you see the statistics and stuff, but I didn't think that was that. I'd never seen a bald girl in my life, in real life. Mm. So I didn't know that, like, there were so many people. So, yeah, it was quite crazy. It was um, the Daily Mail approached me on Instagram. <clears throat> and then um, Alopecia UK saw me in the Daily Mail, so asked me to do their birthday champion. And then Steph's Pack Lunch saw me on the Daily Mail doing um, Alopecia UK. So, yeah, it all it all happened really quickly actually. I think okay. I, I was in the Daily Mail in September and then um just after I'd done the Alopecia UK, sorry. And then yeah, I was on Pack lunch in October, um, which was I've never been on telly obviously. <laughs> so mm. it was so scary and it was oh. locked We had to travel to Leeds. Um obviously you're allowed for work, but I was like my okay to bring my mum, I'm really nervous. Mm. Um, and they were like, because of the rules, like she won't be able to come in. And I was like, oh, okay. Oh. I was so nervous. And she rang me back and she said, you know what, Jessica, we're going to get your mum on the show with you. And my mum was oh. like, oh. <laughs> she was like, because she was saying to me, like, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. I was like, mum, I've asked you to come on with me. And then she got really nervous. <laughs> and, but yeah, it was an amazing experience. I I think I didn't fully embrace it as much as I could have because it was it was just so nerve wracking. Um. So I'd love to go on telly again. I think it was, it was really good, and the fact that I got a Zebedee contract on telly was that was a big surprise to me. Oh well wow! I didn't and so yeah, it was a bit speechless. I can't even watch it back now. It makes me really?
0: cringe. oh, yeah. I know
1: what you mean though. Sometimes oh. when I listen back to
0: some of our podcast episodes, I'm like, oh, I actually hate my voice. But um. okay. everyone's like
1: yeah, <laughs> so calm, and I look at myself yeah. and look stiff and rigid, but I can yeah. tell because I know what I'm like naturally. Yeah, and. Um, but yeah, it was an amazing experience and so many people saw it, which is like the main thing, getting that um awareness out there and things like that. So exactly. yeah, I was really, really grateful to have that opportunity.
0: Oh, well, um I hope that you get more opportunities like this and please do like us. <laughs> keep us posted. I would love to know and promote it and watch. So yeah. No, you're welcome. Um, I also love, like you've mentioned, that you use your platform to share your own experiences and, you know, all of the kind of like emotions that you've kind of experienced and everything that you've been through um, to help and and inspire others to follow in your footsteps. Do you ever receive any kind of like positive messages from people um, who may have experienced the same as you or just like, be in awe of like what you're doing in general
1: yeah I receive a lot of messages actually from quite a lot of like younger girls um who say like my page has really helped them and can they speak to me about this can they speak to me about that and it's really lovely because I think if if I was if I was at that age losing my hair again I'd want I'd want somebody yeah to speak to and to look at and and to just look up to almost who's got going through the same thing and um, so yeah I do receive quite a lot which is really really nice and I speak to quite a lot of people with alopecia um mm. on a daily basis so yes yeah, it's, it's quite a big community now I think so watch this space <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> I'm excited for you <laughs> have you ever had
0: like apart from all of the nice things sometimes you know the good always comes with the bad as as we know in life in general um have you ever had to deal with any trolls online because I know that sometimes that's what social media comes with um or if not what would you say to anyone who has sadly experienced
1: that um so I personally haven't which obviously I'm very lucky good Um I had a couple when I was in the newspaper because it went to the Metro and it went to Manchester and loads of different local newspapers as well. Um, and I had a few horrible comments on the newspapers saying that it was attention seeking and why would I be putting pictures of myself out bored if I was so self-conscious about it and things like that. Um, yeah, and just some horrible comments through there. Mm-hmm. But luckily I've never really had any through social media. Um, I can't imagine what it'd be like. I spoke to one girl um, and she got bullied really bad at school as well. Mm. Um, So I feel really, really lucky that that never happened to me. Um, But if it was to happen to me on Instagram and social media, I'd probably just try to ignore them um, as hard as it is. I'm definitely one of them people that would have to read it. I wouldn't be able to just delete it. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm too nosy. But, yeah, you they're obviously people that aren't happy with themselves and that's why they're trying to make you feel worse or they're jealous of you or they're just not happy so you almost have to feel sorry for them don't don't get sad about it just or even just be sad about it for five minutes and then put it put it to the side and forget about it
0: absolutely
1: Um, I follow a lot of ladies on instagram like body positivity ladies and they they receive quite a lot of trolls and they've now started like posting what the people say on their pictures and what they'd reply to Ah. yeah i think that's a really good idea and they do it on tiktok a lot as well Um, okay yeah and they're like every i think for me if somebody was to say something horrible i'd almost turn it funny because i think it's it's better to laugh at something than definitely and it's definitely easier to um to process if you see it in a funny way instead of a negative way 100% so yeah I can't go to people that get that really
0: yeah I think that's such a good piece of advice actually that you've given and I think you know with one horrible message you've probably got so many other messages that are so nice and positive but for some reason our human mind just focuses on that negative that one negative thing exactly yeah but I would say just read all of like once you've had a negative comment or if you ever get one, just read all of the other positive comments. And then yeah. it kind of, yeah, washes that one away. That one means absolutely nothing after yeah, you've exactly. seen. And
1: yeah. and The people that are saying nice things are going to mean way more to you. Oh, than yeah. And horrible things. So you just got to put it in a box, put it in a box and kick it out the door.
0: absolutely um so let's get on to wigs quickly because I also own some myself I only started to wear them myself probably like I want to say four years ago I had an experience with my first wig which I paid so much money for and then um it ended up like it was custom made so um he measured my head and everything like that and then the wig just never really fit well And um, then it just took ages to get back to him and he wouldn't um, kind of like get in contact with me. Then he travelled out of London and I could get hold of him. So I just had this wig, this really expensive wig (laughs) sitting in my wardrobe for months. And I was so upset about it because I thought I've just paid so much money and I can't wear it. Um,
1: So disheartening.
0: Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But then I just thought, you know what? I'm going to try again. I'm going to get another one because so with my hair, I have natural Afro hair. Sometimes I like to have straight hair, but I don't like to put too much heat in my hair yeah. uh, because it's damaging. So um, I'll just get someone to plait it underneath and then I'll wear a wig on top. And yeah. it also saves me time because I'm just such a busy person. It's just so easy to just stick a wig on and not have to deal with your hair sometimes. Yeah, yeah, so... um yeah it's 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 a big step but like you as well funny enough like I was quite self-conscious about it at first because I used to wear it and I used to think oh is that person looking at me thinking am I kind of wearing a wig or like
1: Mm. just think I think there's I think there's almost a stigma towards the word wig yeah I hate saying the word wig but I used to a lot more I say it all the time now but I used to be like don't say I'm wearing a wig just say like it's my hair or like I and I I see something on Instagram the other day it was a famous person I can't remember who it was now but she said um yeah my hair changes on the red carpet all the time yes I'm wearing a wig Mm. get over it stop bringing up the fact I'm wearing a wig people wear wigs so I think it's definitely just a thing about wigs Yeah, I think think, freak out at the idea of a week. Absolutely, but
0: like in America, for example, they seem to really embrace it. I feel like it's a UK thing where we're kind of like more. I don't know. Living under
1: a rock, I think we're all (laughs) definitely open to new ideas.
0: No, definitely. Um, And then I saw that you um, upcycled some of them, and I thought, wow, Mm -hmm. that's such a brilliant idea that I never really thought about not I think because as well I was just worried in case I would ruin like a really nice wig so can you tell us a bit more about like how you kind of upcycle your wigs and what you do
1: yeah so it's only really been since lockdown again Um obviously there wasn't a lot to do in lockdown one so and I, I tend to keep all of my wigs um so they usually last me about six months but they start to go funny at the front Mm. Um, but I keep them anyway so I said to my mum like why don't we cut some of my old ones so we spent a day like cutting fringes in to see what they'd look like and and then we brought this rose rose gold hair dye um, and I just never got around to doing it so in this lockdown um I got one of my not too old wigs um but one I wouldn't wear every day yeah um, and I dyed it rose gold and it actually looks really really good (laughs) I now (laughs) want to actually invest in like a brand new rose gold one, like a proper, not upcycled one. um But yeah, I think it's good to just because obviously it's such a waste. Like I have like ten because to begin with, I used to wear the same wig all the time. I never used to change wigs because I knew then people would know I had alopecia. Yeah. Um. So I have like six of the exact same wig under my bed. That's not not in a good condition to wear every day. But maybe mm-hmm. I could get away with it for the pictures or for like a night out if I sort of upcycled it so yeah I just thought why not dyed it rose gold and I was pleasantly surprised I really like it actually
0: oh so that's such a good idea I think you can do so much um and people spend so much money but there's like so much you can do yourself yeah at home
1: different. one of my best friends is a hairdresser as well so I used uh, to you know, we can play around with my hair if you want
0: <laughs> yeah 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 oh that's good that's an advantage then and <laughs> um, what's your favorite wig would you say that it is like the rose
1: gold one that you just made um I say my go-to wig is TrendCo wigs and um, I get a human hair one in sunkiss blonde and then I usually mm. go to the hairdressers and get added roots to make it look more natural nice um, but I don't have to use any glue with them ones which I love because I'm just not one of them like girly girls that can fanny around with baby hairs and stuff like yeah some of the girls on Instagram look insane, but like, I'm so I know. Just, like, they look incredible. Um, and one day I hope that I have the patience to learn how to do yeah. that. <laughs> at the minute, I just like putting one on, it, it looks yeah. real, it looks fine. And I don't have to fanny around with any glue. So, yeah, I'd probably say I'm I'm definitely still blonde at heart Um I would go out wearing the rose gold um but every day I I like I like my blonde ones
0: yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and that's what you're used to as well I guess that's what makes you feel more comfortable
1: Mm. definitely
0: all right brilliant so now moving on to my favourite part of the show so we know you have a wonderful cat called Scrappy um, and you live next to a farm with animals including sheep, chickens, ducks, dogs. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yeah so we live um We live next to our um, friend who's got a farm, but we we actually have the chicken um, and the sheep and the ducks and we have two Labradors, um, Jet and Tia, and then we have Scrappy, who's my, well, he's all of our cats, but he's my favourite. Yeah, we grow like all of our own veg and things like that, potatoes. Um, My mum and stepdad love being in the garden, so um, we have quite a big garden that's got loads of flowers and plants and um, yeah, we're quite quite country country bumpkins
0: that sounds like a dream to me Like <laughs> I've just lived in central London for the whole of my life so I love a little country escape just to kind of get away from it all and yeah it sounds like you're living my dream it sounds amazing <laughs> yeah it
1: definitely has its pros and cons but yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice in the summer and um, yeah it is it's
0: yeah, definitely. So Scrappy was a present for your mum's 50th birthday, but mm. you've told me he's secretly, uh, <laughs> well, you're secretly his favourite. Um, can you tell us a bit more about Scrappy and his personality? What's he like?
1: Um He's so cute, you know. And you just look at something and you just think, Oh, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> and you just want to like grab him. Um, he's very friendly. You can literally pick him up, cuddle him all day. Um he we lived in um like a new estate on the island before moving here. So when we moved here, it was a massive shock. He's a bit of a pansy, um, scared of everything other than me <laughs> and my mum. Um, but yeah, he's he's very now he's a bit more bit more of an adventure seeker um I've seen him catch a couple of mouse mice which I've never seen him do in his whole life so he's obviously manning up a little bit (laughs) Um, he's just really soppy really loving um I'm really worried that if I ever get another cat they won't be like him because he's just like the perfect perfect sort of cat
0: (laughs) oh bless Would you say that Scrappy's contributed to your own well-being so far? And if so, how?
1: Yeah, I definitely I do think so. And during lockdown, because before lockdown, I was obviously going out to work and like staying around my friends and stuff. So when I got back, I'd always give him a cuddle and stuff. But during lockdown, like he comes in in the morning and he'll meow outside my door until I open it. And then he'll come in and sit on my bed all day while I'm working. My, I have like a little desk in my room. Yeah. He'll sit on my bed just looking at me while I'm working and sleeping. And then he'll go out for dinner and then he'll come back up. And then he just stays in my room with me again. <laughs> um, but it's nice to, I know he's a cat, but it's nice to just have somebody in my room with me.
0: That's
1: yeah, like not going
0: to talk to me. <laughs> no, definitely. That's the best kind of company sometimes yeah. because yeah. just want someone to be present. Like, it's it's still a being, even though yeah. he's a cat, and yeah. um, you can tell that he's just there because he absolutely loves you. So, yeah. you know, what yeah. better feeling?
1: exactly all my friends on FaceTime are like show me Scrappy and I'm like Scrappy on FaceTime he's just so cute
0: yeah he's, <laughs> he's, just, he's really amazing. adorable he is I love the photos that you share um so yeah I love um all of the Instagram content that you put out with him as well and he <laughs> seems to be as photogenic as you are okay. do you have any funny or loving stories to share about him I know you just talked about him you know manning up and catching the mice <laughs> but is there anything else that's quite Funny that you can share about him, at all.
1: um We have um, stairs in my house that have like the holes in between, like wooden stairs. um And he's always running, uh, running up and down the stairs, putting his paws in between, trying to play with us. Oh, and, yeah! He comes. We go out in the morning to feed him, and my mum called him Scrappy so that she could go Scrappy Dappy Do. how are you? <laughs> <laughs> and then she says that, and he comes running. Oh, um, yeah! He's just. He's very playful, but he's a bit old now. He's 11. Okay. So he's not as playful as he was. To be honest, he actually just comes upstairs and sleeps on my bed all day. Bless yeah. Him. Um, but yeah, he's just, he he likes to be with people. Like he's almost like a human in a cat because when we have dinner, <laughs> which my stepdad hates this, um, we're a sit-at-the-table sort of family. So we sit at the table having dinner and Scrappy will be like by my feet, meowing and then when we're all finished, I, like, pick him up and he'll sit on the chair next to me and just sit there watching us all eat dessert. And he just <laughs> likes to be with us, you know? Yeah. Bless him, yeah. He's,
0: he's a part of the family.
1: Yeah. My stepdad isn't his favourite fan, but me and my mum <laughs> are like, don't be mean to him. Oh, <laughs>
0: bless. If he was a person, which I'm sorry to ask this question now because I find it hilarious, <laughs> what
1: would you, what do you think he would be like? I think he'd be, like, one of them boys that, like, all the girls fancy. He's a bit of a a mummy's boy. So, like, he's like an ex-bad boy that knows how to treat a girl because he's a bit of a mummy's boy. (laughs) Very cuddly, like, the cool kid of the group, but the quiet one, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. The one that
1: nobody thinks is going to be the famous one. I think that would be him. That's hilarious.
0: (laughs) I could just picture it. So... Lastly, what's on the cards for you next? What are your hopes for the rest of 2021? You know, obviously to end this lockdown that we're all in, (laughs) is there anything else that you would kind of love to do
1: um, for the rest of the year? Um, I've recently been like collaborating on Instagram with a couple of um, loungewear companies. Um, Mm. So I'd really like to take my page to a place where I can show fashion with no hair Um mm. I haven't really seen any pages like that. Um, so I'd really like to collaborate with a couple of clothes companies and just show that you can still look fashionable, feel fashionable and even look even cooler than people with hair, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to do that in regards to, like, my Instagram. Um, just really, yeah, to be honest, just seeing my pals – like It's my birthday in May and I had a lockdown birthday last year and I'm praying oh. I can just sit in a beer garden with, like, four yeah. people I'm asking, you know? <laughs> Definitely. Like, my stepdad um, built a pond in the first lockdown in one of our gardens. Um, we've, like, got, like, seating around it and stuff. So in the summer, I'm just hoping we can have, like, friends and family around again, really. Oh, and I would save be nice. as much money as I possibly can while mm-hmm. we're in lockdown so that when we come out, I can live my best life.
0: Yep. <laughs> that sounds like the plan definitely for so many of us and I can just imagine you on like an ASOS campaign I think it oh, would look so I cool
1: this.
0: I know okay I'm putting the word out there <laughs> ASOS is <if> anywhere <laughs> <laughs> <you? laughs> yeah you know who to contact contact Jessica but um yeah no thank you so much for coming to talk to thanks
1: me thanks for having me it's been great fun
0: no, yeah, it has it's been it's been lovely talking to you, and I've really loved you know your honesty and your your enthusiasm and your humour, and you just sound like a really nice and positive person. So thank, thank you. you very much. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, so have a lovely rest of the day. and you. Take Bye. care. Bye. That was such a great episode with Jess. She's such an admirable woman, and I feel like she has such a bright future ahead. I want to take a moment to graciously thank some of our amazing listeners for leaving a five-star review for our podcast. So a huge shout-out and thank you to Nate North for your glowing review about our episode with Ridge Ganesi. Another thank you to Oxymoron Rules for such an all-round positive review. To Mixed Girl Maine our wonderful recent podcast guest who left such a wonderful review. Lastly, Daria1323, all the way from Russia, who left us such a lovely review about our recent episode with Zenya Praxina. Guys, reviews not only make my heart melt, which they do every time, and make everything feel worth it, But they also help us to reach wider audiences who may benefit from listening to our podcast. So if you haven't already left a review, it would honestly mean so much if you could. Thank you so much for listening.